97.9 The Hill, WCHO, and the UNC Hustman School of Journalism and Media present Sports Focus with Charlie Tuggle. Sports Focus, dedicated to in-depth examination of issues of overriding importance in the sports world. Each week, we'll discuss problems and look for solutions in professional, collegiate, and amateur sports. From Carroll Hall on the Carolina campus, here's your host, UNC Journalism Professor Charlie Tuggle. Welcome to Sports Focus. Our topic today, the return of football and other fall sports to the UNC campus. Our guest, Bubba Cunningham, the Athletics Director at Carolina. So, Bubba, we're recording this conversation on June 11th. Uh, players are, start, are going to start returning on June 12th with everybody back by early July. Is that still the schedule? That's still the plan. So tomorrow, June 12th, our student-athletes um, – We'll be coming back. Our coaches will be coming back, and they'll all be tested tomorrow. All right, so coming back entails what? Uh, the mostly weight training at this point? Yes, it does. I mean, the first step uh, on June 12th is they will come back. They will be tested. They will self-quarantine slash isolate over the weekend, assuming we have no positive tests uh, or anybody that doesn't have a positive test will then begin voluntary workouts on Monday. They will be, their fitness will be assessed, their strength will be assessed by our medical and our training staff, and then they will begin uh, working out. And uh, then we'll have another group of students coming the following Friday to add to that group. So phasing it in is what we thought was most appropriate. It allows the uh, students to come in in smaller groups. It allows the medical staff the ability to test them and assess their fitness and then get them back into a um, exercise routine and eventually into a competitive routine. All right. So you have to have your team ready or, or the coaches have to have their team ready. You also have to have an opponent, All right. The first opponent on the schedule, UCF had three players test positive earlier this week. Second team on the schedule, Auburn had three players test positive. How, to what degree are you in contact with the ADs or the coaches to the coaches with the other programs? Well, we have uh, two calls a week with the ADs within our conference. So everyone is bringing their students back at some time during this summer. And we're all coming back at different periods of time based on what the state, county, city, university regulations are. And so right now, I anticipate we will have positive tests. And when we have a positive test, we'll follow the exact same protocol as every other student on this campus. If you have a positive test, you will be uh, isolated for 10 days and then retested. If you have been in contact with somebody who has had a positive test, you will be quarantined for 14 days. So that is the university policy today, and that's the policy that we're gonna follow. So what we hope is that the seriousness of the quarantining and the isolation will drive even better behavior of the students and our campus community. Because the idea of bringing this entire campus community back is predicated upon following the basic rules of wearing a mask, washing your hands, and proper social distancing. And that's what is, a, those are the fundamentals to keeping the 
virus at bay the best that we can. But have you had direct conversations with either UCF or Auburn, or is it too early for that kind of thing? I have not had direct conversations with either of those schools on that topic. I actually happened to be on a Zoom yesterday uh, with Alan Green from Auburn, but uh, it was not about um, positive tests at a specific campus. Obviously, we're not scheduled to play for another three months. Right. So uh, I, I did notice in, um, in, in some of the backgrounding that the, the players are not going to be able to use elevators or at least only one or two people at a time. So that's part of the training regimen, right? They have to do the <laughs> stairs. We do. We've often asked the uh, students, you know, the, uh, the weight rooms on the first floor, the team meeting rooms are on the second floor. So it's not a huge ask to have them go up and down stairs. I've thought that uh, that we could do that for all of our students. And in fact, we, we are going to do that for all of our students. It's, uh, unless you have a, an ADA exception, don't use the elevator. So uh, anyway, I, I digress. So a month ago, I thought this was interesting. Uh, this was a month ago. The president of the University of West Virginia, who's 76 years old, said, we're going to play football in the fall, even if I have to suit up. So how indicative of the attitude of football players, of people who love the game of football, is that? That, you know, there's just something missing in the college experience if you don't have football or other sports. Well, I truly believe that uh, intercollegiate athletics is part of the college experience. And football being one, field hockey, soccer, volleyball, we have just tremendous sports uh, across the board, uh, fall, winter, and spring. And I think it's part of the experience. So, you know, we, we're, the students are coming back. We want to try to create as normal of a collegiate experience as we can. We're, we're trying to do it with the, the advice of the experts, the infectious disease folks on our campus, the incredible talent at the Gilling School of Public Health. Those professors are working with the campus community to provide the best uh, plan. We don't know if it's going to work, but it is the experience is part and parcel to um, to the educational experience. And when when Dr. Gee at West Virginia said that he you know he would suit up, Mac wanted me to schedule him. So I, I thought <laughs> we'll see if we can get that done. Sports Focus. We'll be right back. You're listening to Sports Focus with Charlie Tuggle, and now back to the show. Welcome back to Sports Focus. We're talking with Bubba Cunningham at the re, about the return of athletics, uh, specifically football, but other fall sports, uh, to Carolina. So, Bubba, uh, in terms of football, uh, I happen to be a big MMA fan, all right? So I'm watching MMA the other night, and there are very few people in the arena, the, the uh, – teams for the athletes all have masks on and everything but of course the athletes themselves don't so it's like man you know what are you going to do with that and with football and the the wild thought occurred to me what about the face shields that a lot of the players wear now anyway to keep from getting poked in the eye are there any special considerations about players who are going to be involved in hard body-to-body contact for four hours well, we haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen changes in equipment. I haven't seen changes in the game itself so that uh, students could play. Um, that could happen. 
But, you know, certainly when our students all come back, as I mentioned, we're going to start with weight training and conditioning. Then we're going to move into practice, and that will be contact within your own environment. And then the next step will be contact with people in a different environment. And as other sports and other things begin to ramp up, you know, they have now they have auto racing, not with fans. We have soccer starting back up. We have basketball starting back up. I think we have a couple more months. To, we have Disney World opening back up to see how this is going to work in those venues and then make some decisions about college athletics and football in particular after we've seen those experiences. But we have to begin to plan and we have to begin to prepare as if it's going to happen and then make the adjustments as we learn more information. All right, so the chancellor has mentioned off-ramps that the university would take if things change. Uh, does, does athletics have separate off-ramps or, or what would it take for there to be a change? Well, we, we do have to have off-ramps and we haven't specifically identified what are those. You know, when, when we had no idea what the pandemic was going to mean to this country, quite frankly, when one NBA player tested positive, within 48 hours, we shut down the entire NBA season and college athletics was shut down shortly thereafter. I don't think it's going to be quite that dramatic if it happens again. I shouldn't say if, when it happens again, that an individual um, is testing positive. But at what point are there too many positives that you can't continue? And I think the same question is true at the university. At what point are there too many students that we can't quarantine them appropriately in a dormitory? Or at what point does our healthcare system think that we're getting beyond our capacity and that we need to send people away? You know, those are decisions that will be made by the experts and in athletics. And I can tell you that all of our coaches, all of our staff rely entirely on expert advice. We would like to make decisions. We'd like to be in control. But we know that is so far beyond our capacity, we don't even think twice about it. So, Bubba, I wanted to follow up on that because it's like, who do you look to for guidance? Uh, because the WHO, for example, well, one day it says asymptomatic transfer is super rare. And the very next day they go, oh, wait a second. So who are you looking to? Uh, the the uh, experts on our campus who are among yeah. the the leaders in the world, by the way. Exactly. The experts on our campus, Dr. Mike Cohen, uh, Dr. David Weber, those are the two that participate in uh, most of the calls with the chancellor. Our, um, Kevin is certainly the, the final decision maker, and he has been advised by those folks in particular, but many others in addition to that, that uh, Billy Fisher, Dr. Fisher has been another voice that's been very helpful. And we've actually had the, um, the doctors walk our facilities and provide us with guidance about how you should enter the building, how many you should have in each particular room, how the workouts could, could or should be conducted, how many people in each workout group, what should they be wearing, how should they shower, how should they eat, all of the things that will help minimize the transmission of the virus. And they have been fantastic. And we're fortunate to be here where we have those experts that are willing to walk over and, and give us a hand. It's been, it's been really um, 
and rewarding to, to just see this collaboration in all parts of the campus. So Bubba, I, I can't think of very many people who would say, I don't care about safety or, you know, that's, who, who cares about that? So everybody wants to be safe. But on the other hand, there's a palpable excitement, I think, about uh, athletics in general at UNC and football in particular with the return of Mac, a top 20 preseason ranking, all that kind of stuff. So um, you're, the, you're the person uh, with, with help, but you're the person charged with balancing those things. How, what keeps you up at night? Well, you know, the number one thing, we're, as you mentioned, we're all concerned about is the health and safety of our students. And I would really like for our students that participate in intercollegiate athletics to have that opportunity. I would really like for the campus community to be able to attend events and enjoy one of the, the finest co-curricular, extracurricular activities that we have on the campus, which is athletic sporting events. But we can't do any of that if we can't do it safely. So what keeps me up at night is, are we doing this safely? And we're relying on the best experts that we have, and uh, I believe we are. But boy, I worry about it just like everyone else. And what is the off-ramp? If something goes poorly, are we prepared to get on the off-ramp and shut everything down? And I believe we are, but uh, that's what I worry about. Sports Focus, we'll be right back. You're listening to Sports Focus with Charlie Tuggle. And now back to the show. Welcome back to Sports Focus and our discussion with Bubba Cunningham about the return of athletics to the UNC campus, specifically uh, football. So, uh, Bubba, the way the schedule is right now, you don't have to worry about fans in Keenan until the third game because you have an away game, then a neutral site game, and then the third game is in Keenan. And I've seen several seating charts. They range from 10% to 33% capacity. So it looks like the best scenario we can imagine would be Keenan one-third full. Is that correct? Um, no, I think that's speculation. Um, okay. I think that, you know, Texas said they're going to be 50%. Again, we still have a couple of months. Uh, we're just, we'll follow the guidance of the state. But I, I think we are lagging uh, some other states in projections. But I, I'm, I'm still open-minded to, to any percentage, and I think that's what we're scenario planning for, multiple percentages. All right, so you have not only fans, and, and it's hard to imagine college football without fans. But, you know, you have NASCAR without fans. You have golf without fans. Uh, but in addition to the fans, you have the cheerleaders, who are you? I mean, they, they are in close contact with one another. The band, they're just crammed right in there together. So how can you quantify in some way for our listeners how many different variables we're talking about here? <laughs> it's a great question. Well, I think it's what the, the initial scenario that we planned or some of the percentages that you mentioned and said, okay, if, if we go to pick a percent, let's say it's 25%. So what would 25% student capacity look like? 25% general admission, 25% blue zone, 25% suites. So we did it by category and said, okay, if we had an equal distribution of this, what does that look like? I've seen other schools say, you know what? We're gonna have all of our students 
in the games. And then the next group we'll look at are the season ticket holders, or the, actually the next group was the faculty, the third group of the season ticket holders. So there's different ways to do it. Um, and again, we're planning and scenario planning for all of those. We're gonna have some of our students who don't wanna come. We're gonna have some of our fans that don't wanna come. But we did have a 94% renewal rate in our season tickets. So maybe we will go to a system where we'd say, all of our season ticket holders that wanna come, we're gonna give you two games. So you only get a third of the games this year, but you do get to come to some, as opposed to a third of our fans coming to all six. We might be able to get all of them to at least two games. So those are, those are things we're considering. We haven't made a decision. We feel like, like Kevin Guskowitz did with the campus, we're gonna wait as long as we can to make that decision because we'll get better information as each day goes by. As you mentioned earlier, the recommendations from the World Health Organization and others changes frequently. So I think being open-minded and waiting to make this, these decisions, I think is in our best interest. So let's spend our final uh, couple of minutes talking about other sports. Uh, you have field hockey, a personal favorite of mine, back-to-back -back national champions, chance to go for a three-peat. Uh, how sad it would be for a team like that not to get to compete. And uh, women's soccer, men's soccer, it, you know, Carolina has some great sports. And, uh, of course, everyone would like to see the return of all those sports in whatever form, you know, as, as you say, as long as it's safe. But uh, if you will talk about the return for other sports, I think you're having all the fall teams back in by July 13th. That's correct. Uh, nope. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's correct. Yeah. And so we'll get them back and we'll follow the same protocols. We'll phase it in. The NCAA has rules about, you know, how many practices you can have prior to your first game, how many hours a week students can participate in strength and conditioning, and how many hours they can spend with their coaches on technical training. So we have all of those. We've made a couple of recommendations to the NCAA, but boy, you know, we're not going to play one sport in the fall. If we're playing sports, we're going to play all sports. If we're not playing football or any of the other ones, then none of them will play. We can't pick and choose which students get to participate in their activity. Talk, if you will, a bit, uh, a bit about the strength of the fall sports in particular. So, I, you know, our fall sports are every bit as strong as the spring. And the spring was really so disappointing when we canceled those sports. I, you know, both lacrosse teams, both tennis teams, our baseball team, softball team, we had chances to win multiple national championships this year. Um, I don't know if I mentioned lacrosse. And it was really disheartening. And then, as you indicated, back-to-back -back national championships in field hockey, player of the year, 46-0 in the new stadium. Anson lost two championship games in a row. We have the chance to win multiple championships every year. So these kids prepare for their entire careers for these opportunities. And we certainly hope that they happen. We recognize that the, the number one reason they're here is to get an education, and these really complement that experience. But uh, it's the emotion and it's the feelings of success and the, the competition that is what everybody wants to, to be able to engage in. And we hope it happens, but uh, you know, I can't say it too much. We're only going to do it if it's safe and fits within the university environment. And that does it for this edition of Sports Focus. Thanks to our guest, Bubba Cunningham.
Thanks also to producer Chip Sweeney. And as always, thanks to you for listening. Cheers. Thanks to Richard Southall, Mark Nagel, and Deborah Southall at the College Sport Research Institute at the University of South Carolina for their research and guidance and for access to CSRI's international network of sources. Sports Focus is a service of UNC's Hussman School of Journalism and Media. 